Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. It's everything your mother hated exactly. about the way that you grew up. <laughs> I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, scooter culture. Anybody who spends any time in Austin now knows that uh, almost on every street you will see somebody either riding a scooter or you will encounter a scooter that is parked or tipped over or left or something. And, there, and You are listening to the voice of curmudgeon Bob Duke. <laughs> Get off my lawn! And so, and so, and so there, there, there are several issues here that are interesting to think about when we think about scooter hygiene. Uh, not just what you do with a scooter when you're done with it, but first of all, the attractiveness of just being able to pick up this thing that just happens to be located at a place where you are and be able to hop on it and go somewhere in it and then just leave it when you're done with it. Now, there is sort of a, a carefree attractiveness to the whole idea of that, right? I don't have to take any responsibility. I don't have to put fuel in it. I don't have to recharge it. As long as i got a credit card and I see one of these things and it's not occupied, I got me some wheels. It's, it's everything your mother hated <laughs> exactly. about the way that you grew up. <laughs> exactly. You just take the toy when you want, yes. leave it wherever you want, exactly. use it because it's convenient. Right. And now... Doesn't uh, build any character. <laughs> so, so, but what's interesting about it is how, because things are so available and so easy, people who might, in other circumstances, feel like that they're responsible people seem to shed all sense of responsibility when it comes to this thing. I mean, not only in terms of their personal safety or the safety of other people when they're hurtling down a street at 15 miles an hour where there are pedestrians and cars and those kinds of things, but also what they decide to do with a scooter when they're done. Do they put it someplace that's out of the way of pedestrian traffic or do they just kind of plop it down wherever they dismount and it remains there for other people to deal with? But I think what's particularly interesting about this is how something that's suddenly introduced into an environment, we have this other thing where now our species has now been confronted with this set of options that we didn't have before and how people, different people, respond to that. Because I'm sure, of course, we don't notice them because they're not doing things that call our attention to them. There are many responsible scooter users who very carefully, you know, ride their scooters and park their scooters in a very responsible place. But the fact that there is the opportunity to do things that are not necessarily uh um, considerate of the people with whom you share an environment. So, so I'm going to back up. When you know, several years ago, they they expanded the number of available uh, internet addresses, and and that led to the dawn of of what has become known as the Internet of Things. And at the time, people are like, well, what in the world is the Internet of Things going to allow us to do? Like, the th do things need Internet? And, and initially, people were going, oh, yeah, yeah, because now your thermostat could be connected to the Internet. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Now, we, we, we've reached a point where we can also just leave things in the world <laughs> and, and then know where they are 
because 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 of all these internet connected devices yep. and and so the scooters are a are a, are a phenomenon related to bicycles and some other transportation devices in which companies basically are buying up a bunch of things like scooters dumping them in, in a city creating an app where you can use the device if you pay a small amount of money when you when you use it the beauty of this is you pick it up where you find it, you use it while you're using it, you leave it when you're done with it, and then somebody else comes along and they get to use it. Yeah. And so we've gone from thermostats to major public annoyances <laughs> in one fell swoop. But it, but as Bob is pointing out, it creates this interesting opportunity to observe the development of social norms. Yes. Because we, we actually... Up until this point, in the in in the United States at least, private ownership of of things was the norm. So the norm was if you wanted a scooter to ride around, you bought a scooter, and it was yours. And ownership means that you have control over who else gets to use it. Now <laughs> we have this whole other. A way of thinking about things, which is we have these objects that that they belong to somebody else. They are available to use for a small fee by anyone who comes along and wants to pay that small fee to use them. And what this does is to create a different set of social norms, which is a beautiful concept in some ways, because it presumably leads to less waste. But because it's so novel, it creates this opportunity for people to develop a set of norms about how to use them. And, and what we're seeing with this is that people are really selfish <laughs> in the initial development of a norm. Yeah. What you said about new things in an environment, introducing opportunities for behavior that's not practiced and not learned. And and Twitter is an example, right? I mean, we've talked on previous shows about the idea that one created suddenly an opportunity for people to communicate with one another and vast numbers of people potentially without having any feedback about the reactions that they're getting from or the effects that they're causing on the people that they're broadcasting to. Now, no one was used to that because there were very few people in public life who could communicate across vast swaths of other human beings uh, so effortlessly and, and so cheaply. I mean, for free, right? I mean, there's just nothing to it. So what happened is we, we reverted to many of our baser instincts. I mean, m many people describe human behavior in a civilized society is learning how to tamp down what we've also talked about on previous shows is our short-term attention to what kinds of things we're going to respond to, right? We respond to things in the very near future and long-term consequences are not often on our minds unless we learn that they should be on our mind. Next week, we'll talk about political language groups with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford are our engineers. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUD Radio in Austin, Texas. <laughs>